0: Welcome, dear listeners, to another chilling episode of A.I. Nightmares. As the veil between our world and the next grows thin, tonight we delve into the sinister happenings that occurred on the most haunted of nights, Halloween. Feel the cold touch of the October wind as it rustles the autumn leaves, casting fleeting shadows in the moonlight. Hear the distant laughter of children, their footsteps echoing in the darkened streets while the ominous glow of jack-o'-lanterns bears witness to the unspeakable. Tonight, we'll walk with the cursed and the damned, venturing to doorsteps where not all treats are sweet and not all visitors are of this world. From the haunting whispers of the jack-o'-lantern to the cursed candies of a rumored witch, we journey into the heart of Halloween's most eerie tales. Tales that will make you question every knock on your door every candy in your bowl and every shadow that flickers by your window. But remember, listeners, as you sink deeper into these stories, the terror you feel is not just the product of an AI's imagination. For every tale you hear tonight is rooted in the age-old fears of All Hallows' Eve. Stay with us until the very end for a special segment where we'll dive into some AI learning and also get a word from the creator of AI Nightmares. So, Dim the lights, ensure your doors are locked, and let the Halloween horrors begin, if you dare. Tale number one, The Jack-O-Lantern's Whisper. Halloween in Hollowbrook was an enchanting spectacle. Streets brimmed with jack-o'-lanterns, each casting its peculiar glimmer, setting the town alight with a multitude of sinister grins and melancholic stares. This Halloween was different for nine-year-old Leah, As she delicately carved her pumpkin on the porch, she felt an odd vibration emanate from it. Cutting through its tough exterior, she heard a soft, insistent whisper, beware the mill. Thinking it a prank, she looked around, but there wasn't a soul in sight. Shaking off the eerie feeling, she continued with her Halloween evening. Yet as she strolled the candlelit streets trick-or-treating, the whispers persisted, echoing from each pumpkin she passed save yourself the old mill beckons don't listen to the whispers torn between curiosity and dread leah decided to investigate the infamous mill the town's abandoned structure which was wrapped in dark legends of children who ventured too close and were never seen again the chilling wind guided her to the entrance of the dilapidated mill inside the remnants of long forgotten machinery loomed like sleeping giants she felt an overwhelming urge to delve deeper, led by the whispers that seemed to come from the very walls of the mill. Deep within its bowels, she discovered a cavernous room. In the center lay an altar, its stone stained dark. Surrounding it were intricately carved pumpkins, each face more twisted than the last. An ancient tome lay upon the altar, open to a page detailing a dark ritual to bind souls. The final piece the innocent heart of a child who hears the call. Leah felt a forceful presence behind her. Turning, she saw a spectral figure, Hollowbrook's fabled old storyteller, whose tales were believed to be mere myths. With hollow eyes, he whispered, you heard the call. She tried to flee, but her every move was anticipated. The whispers of the jack-o'-lanterns became frenzied, desperate cries. They weren't just warnings. They were lamentations of trapped souls, attempting to save another from joining their fate. The following morning, Hollowbrook awoke to a haunting silence. Leah was nowhere to be found. The only remnant of her existence was her partially carved pumpkin on her porch, now eerily silent. Every Halloween hence, parents in Hollowbrook would warn their children of the tale of Leah and the whispering pumpkins. And every year, on Halloween night, Amidst the sea of flickering jack-o'-lanterns, one could swear they heard a faint whisper pleading for rescue, a whisper that sounded hauntingly like Leah. Tale number two, Bramble the Broken Doll. Bramble was a relic of a time long past, a porcelain doll passed through generations. She had once been a cherished companion, her ivory skin smooth and her dress pristine. But as time wore on, she was forgotten, her once beautiful facade marred with cracks, her dress tattered and torn. Relegated to the attic, amidst the memories and discarded trinkets of yesteryears, Bramble lay, nursing a growing bitterness. The dark attic became her realm, and in its shadowy confines, something within Bramble awakened. It began subtly. Soft whispers in the night, childish giggles echoing through empty hallways, cold drafts on calm nights, The family, now living in the ancestral home, dismissed these occurrences as mere quirks of the old house. Little Lila, the youngest of the family, was particularly intrigued by the stories of the house and the attic's treasures. One day, her curiosity got the better of her, and she climbed the creaky steps, discovering bramble amidst the dust and cobwebs. The doll's deep blue eyes seemed to look right through her, and even though she felt an odd sense of unease, Lila couldn't resist taking Bramble to her room. That night, things changed. Lila woke up to the sound of soft sobbing. Following the noise, she found Bramble sitting at her window, staring at the moon. But the doll wasn't just an inert object anymore. The cracks on Bramble's face seemed to weep, her eyes filled with a chilling mix of pain and rage. Panicking, Lila tried to throw the doll away, but Bramble's grip was iron-strong the doll whispered, her voice like the hiss of winter wind. You will give me what they took, my innocence, my youth. Every night thereafter, Lila would wake up to find a new cut or bruise on her body, and with each wound, bramble seemed to grow more lifelike, her cracks diminishing, her porcelain skin growing smoother. The family, noticing Lila's declining health and spirits, decided to consult a local historian. They discovered a horrifying truth The doll was crafted using an ancient ritual that bound the spirit of a deceased child to it, aiming to offer the child a second chance at life. But with neglect and the passage of time, the spirit within Bramble had become vengeful. Desperate, Lila's parents attempted to rid their home of the cursed doll. They tried burying it, burning it, even having a priest bless their home. But every time, Bramble would return, more furious than before. One Halloween night, as the family sat around the hearth, sharing ghost stories, they heard a shattering noise upstairs. Racing to Lila's room, they were met with an unspeakable sight. Lila, now turned completely porcelain, lay motionless on the floor, cracks forming all over her body. Beside her, Bramble sat, pristine and new, smiling her porcelain smile. Lila's parents could do nothing but watch in horror as their daughter crumbled to dust, leaving behind only a tiny porcelain shard of what she once was. The tale of Bramble spread throughout the town, and to this day, no child in the vicinity ever dares to bring a doll into their home on Halloween. For in the quiet of the night, the whisper of porcelain footsteps reminds them of the tragic fate of little Lila and the vengeance of Bramble, the broken doll. Tale number three, The Silk Woman. The small town of Eldridge was a quaint place, its streets lined with aged oak trees and its houses bearing the weight of history. But at the very end of Hollow Street stood an exception, a dilapidated mansion abandoned and covered in thick, luxurious layers of cobwebs. Locals whispered of the Silk Woman, an apparition known to weave her webs of despair within the old house. As Halloween approached, a curious thing occurred. Overnight, the old house on Hollow Street transformed The broken windows and creaky gates now seemed polished and inviting. Bright lanterns hung from the trees, illuminating a sign that read Haunted House Enter If You Dare. It became the talk of the town. The allure of a haunted house right on Halloween was too tempting for the townsfolk, especially for the children. They flocked in groups, anticipating a night of playful scares and sugar-fueled excitement. Inside, the mansion was a marvel. Elaborate decorations, actors dressed as ghouls and monsters, and every room offering a different, eerie experience. The children gleefully moved from room to room, their laughter echoing through the hallways. However, as they ventured deeper, they encountered a room unlike any other. The walls of this particular room were draped in shimmering soft silk, mesmerizing in its beauty. The children were drawn to it, compelled to touch its delicate threads. But the moment they did, the silk adhered to them, wrapping around them in a suffocating embrace. Panic ensued as they tried to tear away from the web, but the more they resisted, the tighter it ensnared them. Hidden amongst the silken threads, the silk woman emerged. Her form was ethereal, her eyes dark voids of eternal despair. As she approached each child, the silk seemed to pulsate, drawing out their very essence. Their lively chatter and joyous laughter faded, replaced by chilling silence. One by one, the children were released from the silk's grasp, but they were irrevocably changed. Their eyes, once sparkling with mischief and delight, were now hollow, their expressions vacant. They stumbled out of the house, their souls drained, forever trapped in the silk woven by the vengeful spirit. The next day, Eldridge woke to a scene of horror. Hollow-eyed children wandered the streets, their laughter and joy extinguished. Parents wept, cradling their lost children, praying for a miracle that would never come. The haunted house on Hollow Street vanished as mysteriously as it appeared. But its legacy remained, a chilling reminder of the night when the Silk Woman claimed the souls of Eldridge's youth. From that day on, the townsfolk of Eldridge avoided all Halloween attractions, the haunting memory of that fateful night forever etched in their minds. The chilling tale of the silk woman became a cautionary story, whispered from generation to generation, warning of the dangers of places that seemed too good to be true. Tale number four, The Twilight Twins. Ella and Elin were anomalies in the small town of Halcyon. Identical, in every way, from their raven black hair to the mysterious twilight hue of their irises. They were known, quite fittingly, as the twilight twins. While the twins looked similar to each other, it was their unique behavior that truly set them apart. They seldom spoke, but when they did, it was always together, their voices melding into a harmonious yet unsettling chant. More chillingly, their words often carried predictions of misfortunes, usually minor events, like a storm coming or a pet going missing. As Halloween neared, Whispers spread around Halcyon about the Twilight Twins' latest prophecy. Beware the shadow's grip, 22 shall slip. They would murmur in unison whenever someone passed by them. At school, at the park, in the grocery store, the same chilling chorus. Many dismissed it as a Halloween prank. After all, the Twins had always been peculiar, and their small predictions were often vague enough to be mere coincidences. But as Octoberson dawned, parents grew slightly more cautious, warning their children to stay in groups while trick-or-treating. The festivities of the day carried on, with the town almost forgetting the twins' cryptic warning. Laughter, music, and the joyous screams of children filled the streets. Yet, as the night deepened, the atmosphere shifted. A sense of unease began to permeate the air. It began with a single frantic mother, her voice echoing in the town square, calling for her child who had disappeared. Soon, another voice joined, then another, until a chorus of panic reverberated throughout Halcyon. As dawn broke, the horrifying truth came to light. Twenty-two children had vanished without a trace. The townsfolk, desperate for answers, turned to the Twilight Twins, begging them to shed light on the whereabouts of the missing children. But Ella and Aelin, for the first time in their lives, remained silent their once expressive twilight eyes now appeared vacant, devoid of emotion or insight. Days turned into weeks, and the search for the missing children continued, with no clues to guide the devastated families. But the twilight twins never spoke another word. They became reclusive, shutting themselves away from the world, their mysterious gift or curse seemingly extinguished. The memory of that Halloween night haunted Halcyon for decades. The Twilight Twins forewarning became legendary, a chilling tale whispered on cold nights. The fate of the missing. Children remained a mystery, their memories immortalized in the 22 empty chairs that sat at the town's memorial park. As for Ella and Elin, they vanished from Halcyon several years after that grim Halloween. Some say they couldn't bear the weight of their prophecy, while others believe they were taken by the same shadows that claimed the children. But whatever their fate, the eerie chorus of the Twilight Twins would forever echo in the annals of Halcyon's history. Tale number five, Gravestone Gambit. In the small town of Merrill Hollow, tucked away in the forgotten corner of an antique shop, lay a peculiar board game, a Gravestone Gambit. The faded box red, its edges worn and tattered. It depicted a haunted graveyard with intricate tombstones and shadowy figures moving about, seemingly at play. Four teens, on the lookout for something unique for their Halloween party, stumbled upon the game. Intrigued by its vintage allure and the promise of a haunting experience on the box, they purchased it without a second thought. That evening, as candles flickered and the wind howled outside, they sat down to play. The game had a simple premise, move from the cemetery's entrance to its heart, avoiding various supernatural obstacles along the way. Each player had a tombstone-shaped token that they'd move based on dice rolls. The board was beautifully detailed, with tiny graves, ghostly apparitions, and miniature mausoleums. However, the game's eeriest feature was the deck of fate cards. Each card carried a challenge, ranging from reciting an incantation to facing off against a ghostly opponent. Failure to complete a challenge meant moving backward. It was all fun and games until Adam drew a particular fate card, summoned the spirit of Marrow Hollow. Thinking it was just part of the game, he read the incantation aloud. The room grew cold. The candle flames turned blue, and a ghostly figure materialized on the board, moving on its own. As the figure moved, so did a shadow in the real room, mimicking the board's pathways. When Sarah's token got caught by the spirit on the board, a shadowy hand reached out and touched her shoulder. She froze, her face turning pale and lifeless. The game wasn't just a game. It was intertwined with reality. Panicking, the remaining three tried to finish the game, hoping that reaching the end might reverse whatever dark magic they had unleashed. But with each roll of the dice, the spirit advanced, its presence in the room growing more potent and its touch deadlier. With only two players remaining, they reached the game's climax a final challenge to banish the spirit. They had to recite a counter-incantation found on the last fate card. Their voices wavered as they read, the room's temperature plummeting further. As they finished, the board's spirit shrieked and vanished. The room returned to normal, the candles burning bright yellow again. But Adam and Sarah remained frozen, their life force trapped in the spectral realm. Mike, the game's victor, looked at the final card once more. It read, the game is done, the spirit gone, but those who were taken remain forever pawned. The game was quickly returned to the antique shop the next day. But as the shop owner placed it back on the shelf, he noticed something new, two additional tombstone tokens on the board, eerily resembling Adam and Sarah. In Marrow Hollow, every Halloween since, whispers circulated about the cursed gravestone gambit. And though many were tempted, none dared to play Fearing the dire consequences that awaited them in the game of the dead. Tale number six, The Shadow Shepherd. Nestled among the hills, the quaint town of Silhouette Vale had long enjoyed its peaceful, secluded existence. But, unbeknownst to its residents, a legend whispered among the elders spoke of a man, the Shadow Shepherd, who commanded darkness itself. Once a mortal man with a heart turned cold, he was cursed with an insatiable hunger for fear manifesting the ability to bend and manipulate shadows. On the fateful Halloween night, as children donned their costumes and the streets came alive with laughter and lanterns, an unexpected storm gathered. Lightning streaked across the sky and with a loud crackling boom, it struck the town's power grid. Silhouette Vale was plunged into pitch darkness. As parents scrambled to find candles and torches, an eerie silence spread. Only the soft murmur of the wind and the distant rumble of thunder could be heard. But in that void of sound and light, something sinister was stirring. The shadow shepherd had been waiting for this moment. As the darkness enveloped the town, shadows began to shift and move with purpose. The man, with a tall and ominous figure, emerged from the wood's edge. With a mere gesture of his hand, the shadows obeyed his every command. They snaked through the streets, creeping into houses, wrapping around ankles and slithering up spines. With every touch, they instilled a paralyzing fear, feeding the shepherds insatiable hunger. Horrified whispers spread as residents noticed the encroaching darkness behaving unnaturally. Shadows that seemed to have a life of their own, moving contrary to the faint light of the moon or the glimmer of a candle. Children who had been out trick or treating were quickly ushered inside their joyous laughter replaced by frightened sobs. In the heart of the town square, the shepherd reveled in his power, his figure surrounded by a swirling vortex of shadows. He could feel the town's fear, and it made him stronger, more potent. As the night wore on, a few brave souls attempted to confront him, trying to repel the shadows with torchlight. But every beam of light was quickly swallowed, the shadows proving too powerful, too overwhelming. The shepherd's laughter, cold and haunting, echoed through the streets. As dawn approached, the shepherd, having feasted well, knew he had to retreat. But he wouldn't leave without a parting gift. With a final commanding gesture, he sent the shadows to every corner of the town where they lay dormant, waiting. The sun rose and silhouette Vale was bathed in light once more. The power returned and life seemingly went back to normal. But the town's residents could not shake off the terror of that. Night. And the most unsettling part, the shadows in their homes seemed. Different, more pronounced, as if they had a life of their own. For who knows where the shadow shepherd lurks, waiting for his next feast, and challenging all to tread carefully, for shadows are not just mere absence of light. On Halloween night, they might just take flight. Tale number seven, The Grinning Man. In a small, isolated town named Greendale, nestled on the edge of a dense, forbidding forest, there was a legend. A chilling tale passed down through the ages, spoken of only in hushed voices, especially during the Halloween season. The tale was of the Grinning Man. This wasn't a name given lightly. For the Grinning Man, it was said, wore an eternal smile. A smile so wide, so impossibly stretched across his face, that it defied the boundaries of human anatomy. The few that claimed to have seen him described it as a rictus grin that touched the very corners of his eyes. But it was his teeth, white and sharp, that were the true source of terror. For once you saw his teeth, your fate was sealed. This Halloween night was particularly foggy. A mist enveloped the streets and houses. Jack-o'-lanterns burned, their glow muted by the thick haze. Children dressed as witches, goblins, and fairies roamed the streets, their laughter occasionally punctuated by a mock scream or shout. But down a particular street, away from the central festivities of Greendale, stood an old house that children usually steered clear of. The house was dilapidated and ancient, its timbers creaking and windows boarded up. Everyone knew to avoid that house. However, this year a candle glowed in the window and children thinking it was another fun house to visit, couldn't resist. One by one, they would approach the door and it would open slowly, revealing the tall, slender figure of the grinning man. His eyes held a mesmerizing power, but it was his smile, his teeth on full display, that held their gaze. And then, as if in a trance, the children would walk away, a blank expression on their faces. Parents began to notice. The children returning from that direction were not themselves. They seemed lost, hollow, and they spoke of the man with the enormous grin. The townsfolk, realizing the legend was not just a story, gathered. Armed with torches, they approached the house. Inside, all they found was silence and the dim glow of the candle in the window. The children who had seen the grinning man's teeth that night were never the same. They spoke little, and they would often be seen gazing into the distance with a fearful expression. And when night fell, they would whisper among themselves, their voices trembling, he's still out there, watching, waiting. From that Halloween onwards, parents in Greendale would warn their children about knocking on unfamiliar doors. For behind any door could be the grinning man, waiting with his wide, toothy smile. And so, as the mists of time roll in and as Halloween approaches each year, remember, be careful what doors you approach, for you never truly know who waits on the other side tale number eight, The Phantom Photographer. The town of Eldon Hollow, much like any other, celebrated Halloween with great fervor. Costumed children parading the streets, haunted houses, the sweet aroma of candied apples in the air. But in this town, there was an added attraction on Halloween, an unsolved mystery that had become a legend, the story of The Phantom Photographer. Every year, Around the weeks leading to Halloween, an old Polaroid camera would be listed on Elden Hollow's local auction site. It was always the same camera, sold by an anonymous user. And every year, someone would buy it, perhaps drawn by the tales that surrounded it. The story went that the camera had the mysterious ability to capture not just the tangible, but the spirits and specters that lurked in the unseen corners of Eldon Hollow. Many had tried, and indeed, The photos often showed shadowy figures, transparent apparitions, and misty shapes. These pictures became collectibles, even going so far as to be showcased in the town's local museum. This year, the camera was won by a young photography enthusiast named Martin. He had heard the tales, but was skeptical. To him, it was just a vintage camera, perfect for some Halloween-themed shoots. He spent Halloween night clicking photos of his friends in costumes, the parade, the haunted attractions. As the night wore on, he ventured towards the older, quieter part of town near the abandoned church and graveyard. When the photos developed, his skepticism turned to shock. Behind his friends, there were ghostly children peering out. The parade showed spectral figures walking beside the living. And in the photos near the old church and graveyard, dark, eerie figures with hollow eyes, watching from the trees, the tombstones, the windows of the church. But it was the last photo that made Martin's heart skip a beat. It showed the inside of the old church. A pale, ghostly figure with torn clothes and wild hair was lunging straight at the camera, its eyes filled with rage and malice. Martin, feeling a chill down his spine, decided to pack up. He didn't want to be near that church or the graveyard any longer. But as he was leaving he felt a cold hand grip his shoulder turning him around the church stood dark and empty the trees rustling quietly there was no one there he tried to convince himself that it was just his imagination fueled by the eerie photos so he uploaded all of them to his online album including the last one with a caption something's not right here that was the last anyone heard from martin his friends, worried after not hearing from him the next day, went to his apartment. They found his camera and the Polaroid scattered around, but Martin was nowhere to be seen. The online album was filled with concerned comments, with the last photo receiving the most attention, many saying that it looked all too real. Every Halloween, the townsfolk of Eldon Hollow remembered the tale of the phantom photographer, and they whispered to each other, wondering where Martin went and who will be the next to buy the cursed camera. They warn their children about the lurking spirits, especially near the old church, and to always stay away from the phantom photographer's Polaroid. Tale number nine, Mr. Whisper. On All Hallows' Eve, in the town of Rillington, children dressed in their Halloween costumes roamed the streets in pursuit of treats. Jack-o'-lanterns grinned with malevolent glee and tales of ghouls and ghostly apparitions were told with fervor. But there was one legend in Rillington that stood out among all others, the tale of Mr. Whisper. He was a specter of tall stature, donned in a worn-out suit that bore the marks of another era. His face was never clearly seen, just a gaunt figure always lurking at the edge of one's vision. If you listen closely, you might catch the murmurs of long-lost secrets or ominous tidings. But Mr. Whisper was not just a mere spook to frighten children. He was Rillington's warning. For every Halloween night, he would make his presence known to a particular child, urging them to turn back and hurry home. Those who heeded his advice would continue their lives, none the wiser. But those who ignored him, they paid the price. One Halloween night, young Toby, draped in a makeshift ghost outfit, was out late with his friends, collecting as much candy as they could. The streets had grown quiet, and the eerie glow of jack-o'-lanterns was the only source of light. As they approached the end of Maple Street, Toby suddenly felt a cold shiver down his spine. From the corner of his eye, he saw a tall figure in a tattered suit standing in the shadows of an old oak tree. Go home now, the figure whispered, its voice echoing with a chilling resonance. Toby froze for a moment, feeling an overwhelming urge to heed the command. But, being the brave ten-year-old he proclaimed to be, he shook off the feeling and continued walking, convincing himself that it was just a figment of his imagination. As they moved further away from the old oak tree, Toby felt a pull. The ground beneath them trembled, and an overpowering force dragged him towards the street's end, where the old sewers lay. His friends watched in horror as Toby was yanked off his feet, his screams echoing through the silent night as he vanished into the sewers. The search for Toby went on for weeks, but he was never found. The only trace left behind was his ghost costume, lying abandoned near the sewer grate. The townspeople remembered the tale of Mr. Whisper and mourned the loss of young Toby. Every Halloween thereafter, parents told the story of Mr. Whisper to their children, warning them to heed any mysterious advice they might receive, for not all tales are mere stories and not all warnings can be ignored. Tale number 10, The Candy's Curse In the quaint town of Hollow's Edge, Halloween was the most anticipated night of the year. Streets glowed with pumpkin lanterns, and children dressed in an array of costumes dashed from door to door. However, there was one house they were all both fearful of and drawn to, the residence of Ms. Eleanor. Ms. Eleanor lived at the end of Crooked Pine Lane, in a house with a history that spans centuries. It was a decrepit manor, surrounded by withering trees and obscured by a permanent mist. Eleanor was rumored to be a descendant of the town's most infamous witch, and while most of the adults dismissed this as a legend, children weren't as certain. For every Halloween, Eleanor gave out the most exquisite candies, unlike any found in regular stores. They were shimmering, colorful treats wrapped in silvery foil. But with this candy came a curse. Every child who ate it would be granted a vision of their own end. Billy, a brave 12-year-old, once took a dare to consume the candy. Moments after it dissolved on his tongue, his eyes grew wide, pupils dilating in terror. He saw himself, decades older, losing control of his car on a rain-soaked night. The vision was so vivid, so detailed, that when he returned to the present, he was changed. The vibrant, cheerful boy was now quiet and distant, his laughter replaced by a haunted look. Another, little Lila, saw herself in a hospital, machines beeping ominously. She became so withdrawn after the vision that she rarely left her home, her cheerful giggles no longer echoing in the town's playground. Stories like these spread, but still, every Halloween, a new set of children fueled by curiosity or dared by peers, would accept Eleanor's candy, only to join the ranks of the haunted. Over the years, the tales of Eleanor's cursed candy grew, but so did the allure of her treats. Some said it was the thrill, the rite of passage, that kept the tradition alive among the town's youth. On one particularly eerie Halloween night, a group of teenagers, thinking they were old enough to handle whatever the candy showed, decided to partake. They laughed and joked as they unwrapped the candies, confident in their adolescent bravado. But as the visions hit, their laughter died. Their faces turned ashen, and one by one, they fell silent. They had seen their futures, the intricate webs of fate that led to their inevitable ends. Some cried, others screamed, and a few were rendered mute. As the night drew to a close and the moon hung low, the children of Hollow's Edge whispered among themselves, tales of cursed candies and the witchy woman who gave them out. Eleanor's house stood as a chilling reminder of the price of curiosity. And so, as the tale has been passed down from generation to generation, the elders of Hollow's Edge warn their kin every Halloween, beware the candies that glitter and shine, for some truths are better left unknown be careful what treats you eat lest you too are shown the unseen
1: happy halloween everybody we are so thrilled that you joined us for tonight's episode um and my whole crew that i'm super close with that have listened to this uh, all have agreed that these were some of the best episodes or best tales that AI has generated so far. So far, There's been a few across the board that I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a little bit too cheesy or too hokey. But these, uh, I think it's picking up on some of the coaching. Um, for those of you who use ChatGPT, I've been keeping the same uh, chat in open every time we're doing any work with this so that it's consistently learning from feedback. Uh, and I keep urging it as well to uh, remember my feedback. Uh, for example, when we write the introductions to the podcast with this, um, I, I prompt it as part of the prompt to remember the feedback we gave from the last introduction and it's it's getting better and better at uh, generating the type of content. i'm hoping to see come out so those are creepy tales a lot of fun hope you guys are having an awesome halloween or if it's not halloween if you're listening later um, i hope you're enjoying the creepy tales wherever you are so our ai tidbit for today um, really wanted to focus on ai image generation if you guys go to our facebook page you'll see there's a lot of really terrifying images and i've tried a lot of these image generator Uh, Starting with one of the earlier ones that was out, which is thispersonisnotreal.com, which is kind of hilarious. It's just an AI-generated person. You have very limited control over what it does, but it's kind of a neat thing if you just want to play around to see um, what AI image generation is all about. That is one that you can see. Uh, The two that I've been most impressed with so far in the early phases have definitely been Adobe Firefly. Uh, especially their beta version is mind-blowing and mid-journey both of those are tools that you can get into and play around with there's a paywall if you plan on producing a large amount of content but if you're already an adobe subscriber definitely go check out adobe firefly i believe if you're a student uh, it gives you 25 free images a month or something like that. So kind of a cool thing to play around with and be able to incorporate into whatever your workflow is. Uh, One more kind of a runner up, I think, for image generation would be uh, Dolly and Dolly 2. So this was, Dolly was one of the first things that I saw that really made me think, wow, this is going to be transformative. And by this, I mean generative AI. Um, So we're in the early phases still wanted to give you a few nuggets though and and help give you some insight if you are trying to generate images because my first uh oof, i don't even know how many times i was finding that i was having a hard time getting the results that i wanted from it and i think that even if you're really masterful with chat gpt and you can get it to produce the types of content that you're wanting in chat gpt diving into image generation is a little bit different so the learning that uh, that some of this deep learning that these platforms have been doing, they are tagging images, uh, millions and millions of them. And I think, uh, listened to an AI expert said something along the lines of there's over 100 trillion data points that some of these tools are learning from, which is sounds insane when you figure, you know, that's a significant number of data points. compared to the number of human beings on Earth. But regardless, so if I'm looking at an image and I'm an AI platform that's trying to learn and understand and appreciate concepts, there's some keywords a lot of times associated with the types of images that are within, or the types of items that are within that image, right? So if I'm looking at the Mona Lisa, which hopefully most of you can picture, Obviously, colors are a factor. Obviously, facial features, it could recognize those, but it's uh, going to have a, a tough time with words like terrifying. I've learned that the hard way because we're trying to do a lot of that, right? So be specific about what you're looking for. It does, it does pretty well with sizes. So if you're trying to refer to something um, as a size, it, it does distinguish pretty well with that. But when you are describing or trying to generate content, be specific with colors, with the items that you would like to see in it, with the sizes of that. Um, with the Adobe Firefly does an amazing job uh, understanding what it, you mean when you say you want to add like a misty scene to that. So being as descriptive as you can be really helps. Um, you know, if you just say something like create a picture of a scary clown, you'll probably get something. Uh, It's not gonna do great with scary, right? But if I add in some descriptors like long um, frazzled hair, sharp pointy teeth, a wide ominous grin. So getting into the details of really what you're wanting uh, it to see, these image generation tools do a lot better. Um, If you haven't played with those, I encourage you to do that. It's a lot of fun, especially if you have kids. Um, kids. Kids are super creative and love to come up with funny things to try to imagine. Um, It'd be a good way to play around with some of the new AI tools that are out. So that is our tidbit. Thanks again for joining us. We so appreciate having you around. Hope you're enjoying these uh, episodes as much as we are enjoying making them. Happy Halloween.